Welcome, everybody, to the TKW Podcast. I am Anthony Corbo, and joining me as I do every week is my co-host, Kyle Maggio. What's going on, everybody? And we got Brian Gaberman in the house as well. We talking about the Jets and Yankees today, correct? Yeah, correct. yeah let's get it going there. Why don't we, uh, we'll take a little bit of a break from our uh, regularly scheduled programming. Why don't you guys fill in the gaps with some uh, Jets and Yankees talks? Go ahead, Brian. Oh, I'll go first. All right, uh, Adam Gase. As I, my thing was, as long as it wasn't McCarthy, I wouldn't freak out. I don't pretend I know anything about NFL coaches. I've watched the Dolphins like three, pretty much when they play the Jets. So I don't really have any clue what Gase did well or didn't. I've watched the Packers a ton, and I didn't want McCarthy. So I'm just in wait and see. We'll see how it goes. I think I am in the minority. Kyle, you see this too. People seem quite mad about it. Yeah, I didn't want Gase. I didn't want him. I, I just don't like when guys fail right next to us in the AFC East or in the same division and then we hire them. I just It gives you like the, well, what makes me think you're going to do any better the second go-around? And I, I don't know. I, I The Dolphins are... They never stink. They're just a perpetually mediocre. So it's never like he was terrible I, I again i don't know enough about nfl football but the things that i saw and the things that i read from people smarter than me uh pointed to him not being very good but um no one knows anything i don't know anything and we'll see what happens but i, I mostly wanted the kansas city offensive coordinator or uh just not mccarthy so the, the one thing it does is it just sets up, if this doesn't go well with uh, McCagnan and Gase, they're both fired in two years. So either Gase either surprises and the Jets are, are great, or it bombs and they finally get the true reset that they they should have done this offseason, but it comes two years later. All right, well, we got Yankees to talk about too, right? If they don't sign Manny Machado, there will be blood. I, I'm Machado or Harper. It has to be one of them, or I, I legitimately, I'm done rooting for the team. I, I never, I never believed that Harper was a realistic option, but Machado always made too much sense, and it's very. They, there is no excuse to not sign one of them, especially after the DD surgery. Uh, if we come out of this with uh, basically this offseason with Paxton from Seattle and then uh, Tulowitzki, I'm going to be irate. No, they sold us for years that. They were going to get under the luxury tax to spend money this offseason. And if they don't spend money this offseason as their revenue has gone through the roof, when they were making like a little under $300 million as in revenue, their payroll was almost like 85%. Right now, they're making over $600 million and it's under $200 million. It's completely unacceptable for the owner to just take that money and pocket it and not put it back in the team. I'll root for stupidity to a point. I will not root for a cheap jerk off. I'm not. I'm done if they don't spend money. 
Uh, I won't. Right. I won't be done. I'd be just very, 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 very angry and depressing all year. It's easy. And that was. Oh no! No, keep going. Keep going. Yeah, this is just really quick. It's easier for me to quit the Yankees out of the any other team because I just don't like baseball as much. Like stopping the Knicks or Jets or Michigan football, and Michigan basketball would be way harder for me than this. See, I don't really, I don't really watch much baseball or uh, much football during the year. Uh, but through my father, I was told when I was three years old, I'm going to go with three years old, that if I wasn't a Yankees fan, I wasn't allowed to live in his house. So sound uh, advice. I too, yeah, it's a pretty sad advice. Yeah. So I too hope that, uh, you know, the Knicks, uh, the Knicks, the Yankees will side one of Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. Um, but that was your uh, New York sports minute that isn't basketball. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. Uh, in other news, and less sunny news, the uh, Knicks fell to the Golden State Warriors 122-96. to um, not, uh, not their finest showing at all throughout the game. Uh, let's start with you, Brian. What do you think was the biggest reason for the Knicks' downfall against the Warriors? It's silly to say that, but what do you think it was? Clay Thompson scored 41 points and dribbled the ball four times. Thank you, whoever had that stat on Twitter. But I think that covers it pretty well. I, it's, it's incredible, man. It's it's absolutely unreal. And, I mean, when you look at it, you know, obviously we're going back to, you know, Frank being out. We're going to look at, you know, to not be able to cover him, regardless of how you feel about, you know, whether he's been solid on defense or not this year. Just having him out there to be, you know, try to cover, at least try to contain to a degree. Um, I think Clay might not have scored whatever, 40-whatever points it was on four dribbles. Um, and, you know, we're also not only just him, but, you know, we're obviously missing Mitchell Robinson. We're missing, you know, all the way down to Chris Porzingis. Like, these are big defensive guys. And, you know, when you don't have your top defensive players on the floor and you're playing the Golden State Warriors – Guys are just going to go off. It's just there's just kind of it's just a one minus one equals equation kind of. But Kyle, what do you think the Knicks uh, lacked in this game against the Warriors? Talent. I think that's just one of those. <laughs> I think it's just one of those times when it, that's just what it is. It's talent. This is uh, the best team in the NBA objectively uh, for the last better part of the last four years, but definitely the last three years. Um, it's just talent. It's one of the greatest teams ever, one of the greatest cores ever, uh, all in their primes. And the Knicks are basically five, six, you know, rookie slash sophomores who play, and then a couple of third and fourth year guys. I mean, it's an inexperienced, uh, not very talented team. I think there's young talent, which is different than like present day prime talent. And I think that's what we saw. That's really all, all that I can. See, it was a, a team that was outclassed and outmatched. So, just quick corrections. Uh, the Knicks actually only scored 95 points in this game, not 96. And Clay Thompson scored 43 points, so that's not 41. So, I mean, it just makes things worse, but thankfully not too markedly so. Um, but, I mean, one thing we have to keep in mind is the Knicks have been on the road for a long time right now. I mean, you look at Tim Hardaway Jr., who only got up, you know, 13 points in this game and struggled against the Trailblazers, too. That man is just tired out there. It takes a lot to be that number one scoring option. 
And he's held it down well for most of the year, but when you're going to go on the road like that for you know however many games it was and only pick up one win in that time, it, it it's going to wear on you. I don't care what kind of player you are. So thankfully the Knicks had to come back home this week. Uh, no games until Friday from here. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I, you know, hopefully they just kind of pick up. It's not like their schedule is going to get any easier. The next two games are against the Pacers and the uh, 76ers, but – you know, maybe just a little rest will be able to give this team, you know, the kick in the ass they need to be able to bring something to the court. Yeah, we we knew this January was going to be really, really, really tough, and it it has been. It has been. It will continue to. So, I I, I don't know. I mean, they're they're going to be the worst team in the NBA after this month by a couple of games. I'd imagine. Do you guys agree with that? I would say by like a good two games. Um, I would say that they very much have the possibility of being the worst team in the NBA by the end of this month. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can place a number on how bad it's going to be, or if they even will be. I'm trying to take a look at the uh, re- uh, all the other teams' records right now, but there, there's no way they're not in the bottom three by that time. They, uh, considering the context of the road trip, for the most part, they played okay. The Jazz game was an embarrassment, but the Nuggets game was all right. The Blazers game was all right. The mm-hmm. Lakers was okay, and they were kind of fine with the Warriors for a half before it it all came predictably came apart. So it wasn't. I mean, they lost a bunch of games they were supposed to, but for the most part, they played pretty decently. I thought, unless I'm not, unless I'm wrong about that off the top of my head. No, I agree with that. It's just these are good teams. These are good teams. I mean, even the Lakers, I mean, they're not really a good team, but they're going to be a playoff team because uh, I'm just not going to do the thing where I discount LeBron, even in the Western Conference. So, I mean, they played a bunch of good teams, and this is – it's always tough to play the Western Conference teams. So, it, it is what it is. I, I thought they did – like you said, I thought they did fine outside of Utah. Utah was an embarrassment on multiple levels. But uh, since then, they, they fought. So, it, it is what it is. Hopefully – you know, we see them continue to compete. That's all we really care about. They could lose, just compete. So I'm taking a look at the uh, schedules for the other bottom-tier teams in the league right now, guys who are close to us. Uh, looking at the Bulls record first, who they are currently, what are the Bulls right now? 10-30, and 30, playing against the Trailblazers right now, as we record, but... They play the Warriors uh, on Friday, then they play the Jazz and the Lakers and the Nuggets... And they basically have a very similar schedule to what the Knicks have moving forward. And they even have, like, the Clippers later on in the month. Uh, looking at the Cavaliers, you know, they're losing pretty horrendously. The game's about to end to the Pelicans right now. And they got the Rockets, the Lakers, the Trailblazers, the Jazz, and Nuggets coming up. Um, and then even you look at Phoenix. Phoenix is playing the, are going to play the Nuggets. They're going to be playing, uh, you know, the Pacers, the Raptors. So, all of these bottom-tier teams that kind of we're in the running for for that worst draft pick seem to have similar schedules to either what we went through already or you know some, uh, some similar strength teams of what we're going to be facing later on in the month. So you know, now that I think about it, I don't really know if we're going to be guaranteed, you know, if I can really guarantee us being in the bottom of the league or you know, bottom three in the league or something, considering you know, the Suns, the Cavs, the Bulls, all these guys all have the, the say, you know, similar similarly tough schedules to what the Knicks have right now. So I think this race is going to be a little bit tighter for a couple more months. 
Can I, can I admit I don't care about the tanking standings and I just want to watch, like, decent basketball for, like, two weeks? I would be fine with that. What, what's, all right, what's our first opportunity for that? Let's see. Let's see when we could possibly pull off a little bit of a winning streak here. Um, all right. Okay. Maybe things look up a little bit in February. (laughs) (laughs) They play the Grizzlies on February 3rd and then the Pistons twice on the 5th and the 8th. They got to play the Raptors and the 76ers in here too, but then they got Cavs and Hawks and Timberwolves. So, like, if they heat up there, that could maybe be a decent stretch through February. Uh... Oh, they got a couple of games against the Kings and the Suns. Uh, yeah, that's 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 probably about as far as it's gonna go. I don't know if you're getting two weeks out of this, but you can maybe get like a four-game stretch this season where the Knicks could rattle off maybe three wins and play competitive games the entire time. See what's good in this stretch. Burke didn't really play well outside of that one game, so it's gonna be easy to slide Frank right back in. When he gets back, Cantor sounds like they're trying to move him. We should, we can probably bring that up specific, specifically, and then so you got your minutes for Mitch, and maybe incorporating those two back in the rotation helps the defense, and they start playing a little bit better basketball than they than they have been. So why don't we uh, dive into that a little bit? The earlier today on uh, Wednesday. Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out that the Knicks and the Sacramento Kings had begun engaging in talks to do a swap of Ennis Cantor for uh, New York's own, will forever claim him, once a Nick, always a Nick, Zach Randolph. Um, it, he said it wasn't close at the time, and it was later reported that the Knicks are looking for some kind of return for Ennis Cantor, uh, which kind of reads to me is that they want a minimum of a rotation player or a second round draft pick or you know potentially a lower end prospect to come in um nothing really further since then not a peep out of Ennis Cantor's mouth about this either which is very surprising um but what do you guys make of the what do you think Kyle of this proposed Ennis Cantor for Zach Randolph swap I think it's fine I, I don't think uh, some people are complaining about it being like a lateral move for the expiring contracts, but you know, I saw it more as um, I think they save a little bit of money. I think it's like a seven million dollar difference, but um, I, I saw it as more of an opportunity just to get Mitch and Cornette in without having to worry about the cancer situation. So I thought that was the right move. I thought Cornette sort of emerged to be uh, a real player they should take a little bit of a longer look at and uh we know mitch is going to need the minutes so yeah i I thought that was i thought that's fine they're probably going to waive zach randolph i can't imagine uh he's going to play for the knicks he hasn't played for the kings this year to my knowledge right yeah i heard uh i think it was uh chris vernon reported that he had even just seen uh, Zach Randolph around Memphis during the regular during the regular season at a couple of points, just kind of like hanging out and working out and stuff. So, you know, he's not with the Kings. I can't imagine he would want to come back and play for this Knicks team, and I can't imagine the Knicks want to give him minutes either. So, 
this seems like just a way to rid themselves of, you know, the problem of Ennis Cantor wanting minutes and probably deserving minutes too, depending on how you look at the situation. But uh, I don't think Zach Randolph will give us that problem. Uh, I don't know. I would hope that they can do some kind of like bring Zebo back for a day thing, give him his old jersey or something. Or you know, I, I just want to see how the uh, how a Zach Randolph you know City Edition jersey looks for the next this year. But uh, I, I I feel I would feel pretty good about that swap if it were to happen. Um, Brian, what do you think about that? There were some other details I linked out later on the day, too. Uh, my, my read on it was similar to your guys. Um, I would most likely just cut Zebo, split the center minutes between those two, and give a, give a little bit of run to Vonley at center, too. So you got you can handle 48, minutes, 48 center minutes between those three guys. Uh, if they did keep him on the roster, I, it's not what I would do, but it wouldn't be the end of the world if he played some backup power forward minutes and center minutes you could probably get away with it that i wouldn't want him with the starting lineup and i do worry about his impact and how you need to give him touches and how he would fit in the flow of the offense that would be that'd be a concern of keeping him involved uh the details yeah um i would just do the exchange him i mean if you can get a second round pick out of it whatever I saw some people like suggesting that maybe Trump, who is an expiring, and Courtney Lee would get added, mm. and I don't really see that. Trump had a good year, and he's probably a better basketball player than Courtney Lee, so I don't know why the Kings would do that. What is uh, Costa Kufis's contract look like? I, I'd want to say it's like one year. He has one year left between, and like eight to ten million dollars, maybe a little bit higher trying to find it right now because he was a name i was seeing thrown around too yeah he is making uh 8.7 million right now um yeah i don't know if the kings want to bolster their firepower you know perhaps there could be uh you know we could see courtney lee in this trade to you know shore up their defensive you know abilities and just kind of like help out in the perimeter I would be. I would listen if they wanted to take a a look at uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. too. Uh, although I don't think that uh, his name has been involved at all so far. But you know, if the Knicks could find a way to clear salary beyond even this season in this trade, I feel like it, that that would be the home run there. That that would even be. You, know, you don't need an asset back at that point if you're going to be able to clear up that cap space that they desperately need. Yeah, the most pressing guy to get out of there is Courtney Lee. I don't think they're actually looking to move Tim Hardaway Jr., but, you know, Courtney's got to be the guy who gets out of there. And I think if you can somehow uh, get him to Sacramento, I think I think he actually might even work a little bit on that team uh, to come off the bench there. So I, I don't know. I don't know how they want to swing it, but I, if this ends up being a, you know, Cantor. Lee and, and the Knicks got to give up a, a second round pick to take on a couple of expirings from Sacramento. I'd be fine with that. I, I you know I feel like there will be more to progress to this as it goes on, but I don't know. I kind of I don't really see this trade actually going through. I feel like this was, but this was maybe the first conversation of a couple of other ones we see. Obviously, we're not going to get this long drawn out trade drama with Ennis Cantor that someone like Jimmy Butler got earlier this year, but. You know, if the Knicks can move him, great. 
If not, there's just going to be a point in time where they there where either they're going to buy him out or Cantor has to accept that he is not going to get minutes for the rest of the season. Um, I saw something going around earlier this week too about how Cantor supposedly was promised a role in the Knicks rotation, but I could easily see as the losses continue to dwindle in in January that uh, that will soon be revoked. One of the other guys I do want to talk about, though, um, that we mentioned before is Tim Hardaway Jr. Really seeming to have struggled for the last couple of games, just like 13 points against the Warriors. Couldn't get anything together against the Trailblazers either. Uh, Brian, do you think uh, Hardaway is just tired? Or do you think it's, you know, is, is it something more to his game? Is he kind of going through a little bit of a slump? Or is it just, you know, carrying so much weight for this team night in, night out, especially after a road trip? I thought he played all right against the uh, again. Not defensively, he was awful against the Warriors, but offensively, he made some shots. He just didn't take that. He didn't take that many or play that much. I think it was a pretty efficient game. Uh, the Blazers game was a real struggle for him. He just couldn't hit anything. The offense was awful because Knox and Hardaway couldn't get going. And if those guys aren't scoring right now with how this team is constructed, it's not going to be too pretty. The Lakers game, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, he was. He was pretty good in in that game too, and so it I, it's it's it is what it is with him. He's your he's playing out of his role. There's going to be ups and downs. He'll have some hot shooting streaks, but there's going to be a lot of nights where he's where he's inefficient, and it's just something you got to deal with right now. Did you guys want to touch on anything else from that Warriors game before we move on to uh, look at a couple of the games coming up, or are we good to go here? Yeah, we we can keep it moving. Well, the Knicks play the Indiana Pacers on Friday. And, you know, the the Pacers just had a uh, a decent win with Thaddeus Young even scoring. I think he scored, like, 26 points. Uh, they really, like, they've obviously been one of the top teams in the league for the entire season are really just starting to get talked about uh, with all the other competitive teams in the East. But, you know, they have... They have a lot of firepower that can come from all over this team. They have a lot of different abilities that could come in and a lot of different ways that they could play against you. What is the one thing the Knicks need to be looking out for uh, against this Pacers team, Kyle? Please, for the love of God, guard Sabonis. Just guard Sabonis. Wherever he is, just put a body on him. Put two bodies on him. Because that guy does not miss when he plays the Knicks this year. He just what? eats. My fault, Kyle. Didn't mean to cut. I thought you were done there. Didn't mean no, to cut. But, uh, no, why are the Knicks playing the Pacers on ESPN again? Why does everyone have to be forced to watch this? I mean, the Knicks are going to get their nationally televised games because they're, uh, no matter how badly they just stink, no matter how badly they stink, they make a shit ton of money. And so I have I kind of just get the feeling that people want to watch the Knicks get beat down this badly now, and that's what's really their big draw. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 going to be a matchup. <laughs> oh man, Pacers lost to the uh, Celtics the other day or today Wednesday. It's always hard to do that when we're recording, but the uh, Pacers lost to the Celtics. Uh, on Wednesday, one thirty-five to one oh eight, and they are still twenty-seven and fourteen on the year. Boston's twenty-five and fifteen to put that into perspective. Indiana's twenty-seven and fourteen. It's 
it's insane how good this team has been this year and how quiet everyone's been. They're third in the East. It's just the Raptors and the Bucks above them. So all these matchups around the uh, around the league have been kind of weird. You know where everyone's kind of fitting into their standings, but you know the East and the West both. It's it's still all the way at the top. It's anyone's game up there. You know, one thing I want to talk about too is has uh, only the last couple of games. Pretty good. Yeah, the man. That man has been just a lightning rod off the bench. It's it has been. You know, he came into the Trailblazers game. Was it was it at the Trailblazers game they scored the uh, like ten points out of nowhere? No, the Lakers game. That was a Lakers game. It was in. So he came into the Lakers game, blew up. You know, there. I mean, against the Warriors last night, he was making shots, setting the pace. It, it's been. It's been an exciting couple of games for Mario Hazonia. You know, I thought he was going to be able to get some minutes back after that after that Lakers game. Uh, you know, I, I, I think Kyle thought that he wouldn't, but, you know, Hazonia kind of earned some minutes back. Knox has cooled off a little bit after his rookie of the month December. Uh, but, yeah, we'll just have to see. I mean, this just could be another thing where he, you know, has been on the bench so long, so he has a couple of games where he scores, you know, 10, 12, 15 points, whatever it is, and uh, and then we'll soon back, regress back to the mean. So I don't know if I can quite say Mario Hazonia has, has been unlocked quite yet. Yeah, I thought he the fourth quarter of the Laker game was good. What was the next game after the Laker game? That was the Blazers. That was the Blazers. He played really good in the first quarter of that game, and then he kind of just went back to – being himself with bad decision making, most of his points against the Warriors were was all in garbage time, if I remember correctly. I thought he kind of went mm-hmm. back to who he was pretty quickly. We'll have to uh, see if he can bring anything coming back home on Friday. I, I, I actually kind of I'm pr- I'm excited for the game on Friday. I feel like a little bit of rest is going to do the Knicks well, and just getting back to their home crowd, I think, might re-energize them a little bit. So. I think this might be a little bit better of a game than we're giving them credit for, but I, in no way am I guaranteeing a win here or anything like that. Uh, but maybe Hazonia can come out and you know score in double g- digits again, make a couple of shots, uh, you know, pull off some of these passes that he attempts sometimes and just seem to go to nowhere. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for Friday. Excited to see what these guys are going to be able to bring to the table. Moody has fallen off recently and it's not not a good time for him to do so with frank out yeah uh, brian bring up that point you brought up on twitter the other day about him mirroring the derrick rose season oh yeah um so basically him and derrick rose's numbers are basically identical from the 16 17 season when rose was on the team and the reason that is if you think about it is because their shot distribution was pretty similar they both actually shot really well from mid-range in the paint, not the restricted area. But both of them struggled to finish around the rim and didn't shoot. Number one, didn't shoot a lot of threes. And number two, the threes they did take didn't hit a good percentage of them. So what you're looking at is you got two guys who were basically scoring a similar amount of points and shots. And it just shows the importance for a guard in the NBA today is that you, you need one. You can get away with not one of those with either you either have to get to the free throw line or have to hit the threes because that's just where your efficiency comes in. And I also said, I don't think Moody is playing terribly. 
but he started missing shots at the rim again. He's been he was under before the Warriors game. He was on he was at 40 percent the last five games in the restricted area. And that's more along the lines of the stuff he was doing earlier in his career in Denver. And you, you just you can't miss layups. It's just not going to you can't function as an NBA point guard if you can't finish layups when you get into the paint. It's something you have to do. Yeah, I mean, that's something we've. We've had Knicks guards struggle with this since, honestly, I mean, Derrick Rose is probably the best guard we've had being able to finish at the rim, right, in the last how many years? you got to think. It goes way back. but uh, yeah, like Say, say what you want about his time here and the kind of player that he was here and, and maybe the hollow numbers he put up, but um, he was pretty good at getting to the rim, at least certainly better than guards of Knicks past. I feel pretty comfortable saying, like, point guards. Yeah, since Ray, him and Ray Felton are the two that, even though they weren't good players, they could they did have the ability to break down a defense. Ray Felton part one I thought was good. When it was him and Amari, just pick and rolling everybody to that. He had he had like a good two and a half months, and then it fell off. I mean, when you look back at the Raymond Felton re-signing, it's like, I mean, I be, I found myself reminiscing about Lynn Sanity a lot recently. Uh, but it was either you re-sign Jeremy Lin uh, or you go out and sign Raymond Felton to a much cheaper contract. So I can't really even be mad about that whole – about him coming back or anything like that. But, yeah, I mean, and is what, like, he played three, four years for the Knicks and we got, like, two and a half really solid months out of him? They could have done some other stuff that summer. They did a sign-and-trade with the Rockets to get Marcus Camby. Mm, that's right. But they could have, like, Goran Dragic was a free agent, and they could have went after him instead, and he was leaving, he was with the Rockets. So to sign him to a, he didn't get an unreasonable contract, like a better run team. There was other options out there that summer that could have made the team better. Yeah. Well, at least that's uh, way back in the rearview mirror now. Um now we have Emmanuel Moutier, which is uh, an improvement. I guess an improvement. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to talk about with the Knicks before we uh, start heading out this week? Uh, I just really hope that the Knicks get a top three pick and take one of the Drew, uh, Duke kids. That's all I care about at this point. Uh, I've seen enough from uh, the young guys to – I feel comfortable knowing that kind of where they'll fall. Like I, I'm starting to really believe in Knox now and uh, Trier and Mitch. I, I like a lot of players. I don't know how good they'll be over the long term, but uh, I believe in those guys. And it's like now we just need uh, nothing else. I, I don't need to worry the rest of the season. I just want to get Zion Williamson. That's it. That's all I want. And if, and if I must, and R.J. Barrett, and if I must, the Cam Reddish, but just one of those three. Michigan has a lot of games, has about half a season left, too. That's what my thoughts on the next season, rest of the <laughs> Yeah, I just want these 41 games to be over, and I want yeah. them to be halfway decent, and I'm tired of watching crap basketball all the time. It's, it's exhausting. I'm tired of it. Yeah, I, uh, I'm with you, too. And, you know, we just have to struggle a little bit longer. Just, you know, there's going to be... There's still going to be some bright moments for this team moving forward. I'm excited for February, too. I mean, like, 
I, I just I'm excited for a little roster shakeup, if anything. You know, one or two new players should be coming in here at some point. Like Ennis Cantor will probably be gone at that point, and you know things will be, you know, pretty different looking at that. It's it's just seeing how the Knicks will hold true to their, or maybe not, but hopefully how they will hold true to their uh, game plan for the future is going to be just just getting it underway, just getting it going a little bit more, just taking every step. The next step is it's all I'm looking forward to seeing. It's just it's like you said, it's hard to watch bad basketball. Before we start dropping some plugs, though, we, we should have done this at the beginning of the show, but um, can we talk about Sean Payton for a second? Did you guys see this locker room stunt that he did? I didn't read the – I caught a glimpse of it, but I'm not 100% sure, so please refresh. So Sean Payton entered the Saints locker room today with four armed guards around him and the Vince Lombardi trophy – with $225,000 in cash on top of it, which is the player's Super Bowl bonus, and said to them, y'all want this? Win three fucking games. I like that. Dude, that's fucking hard. That's a, that's a big football guy right there. That is a bold move. Yeah. That's, I love dumb shit like that. armed guards into the locker room. Yeah, totally unnecessary and frivolous. <laughs> So totally, he could have done the exact same thing without the guards, but I, I like it. I like it. No, I, you got to have the guards if you're walking around with the freaking Vince Lombardi trophy and $225,000 in cash on top of it. I, you get six guards at that point. I, you want to do a full full perimeter around that. Unreal. Absolutely unreal. Who was the dude in the NBA? Was it River, Doc Rivers who hid the money in the Clippers? In the ceiling, right? Yeah, was was that him? Yeah, I think him with the uh, Boston. Oh, that was okay. It wasn't when he was on the Clippers. He was with the Celtics when he did that. Okay, I think. I think. What? Is, wait, wait, wait. What? Is, refresh my memory here. He hid money at the Staples Center when he was with the Celtics because they were going to go back and play the Lakers and get the money in the finals. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the story. I might be butchering it, but I'm pretty sure. Yo. These rich coaches, man, these these guys who are just so above money, these coaches, do the most incredible things with it. That is unreal. Uh, off, off, off subject, but I'm, I'm, well, not off subject, but like on the wild coaches thing. I love listening to like Stan Van Gundy on the Dan Levitard show every Wednesday. Yes. <laughs> because you just learn like coaches are fascinating people. Some of the, some of the things that they do and say, and uh, I feel like I learned a little bit more about that every Wednesday. Yeah, no. Uh, and I mean, Van Gundy is just, uh, an incredible interview too. He's just dropping gems in there, whether they are, uh, useful or not. There is always something enjoyable to be found in a Stan Van Gundy interview. All right, guys. Anything else you want to touch on this week? Uh, what do you, just real quick a prediction? What what do you think of the odds that we see uh, a Knicks trade in general, but especially this Ennis Kander won't go through, like in the next couple of weeks? You can go first, Brian. I think that Kings. If the Kings really, if the Kings want Kander, I think there's that deal has a pretty good chance of happening. If 
if the Kings want him. Because I think that's a pretty cut and dry and straightforward. I um, I don't see it happening necessarily. I just think maybe a little bit too much uh, wind has been blown into it so far. It didn't exactly seem like they were super close to making it happen. So um, I'm just going to go out on the limb and say no here. But uh, it, it, for all the same reasons, I could see it happening. It's just a moment, It's just a matter of timing, pretty much to me. Uh, but yeah, I, I, th- I think after a while, the Knicks got to stop being cute and pull off just pull off the Ennis Cantor tra- tra- uh, trade if you got to do it. I think opening up playing time for Mitch and Cornette is you know kind of at almost paramount. And while it'd be good to get a second, you know, you're either going to buy him out or trade him for you know something very minimal and not destructive for you. So. It's it's kind of inconsequential to me, but I'm of the opinion that Cantor isn't on the team, you know, after the middle of February. Yeah, I think they're gonna have they have to make a move. They simply everybody knows it. Uh, they got to dump some kind of salary off. I don't think Cantor is the priority. I think that they'll take their time figuring out until the deadline. Um, I do think that ultimately does happen, though. Um, I do think he holds more value than simply going right to a buyout. I. I I felt that way a couple of weeks ago. It seems to be true now with the the King's interest. But I I think they find a way to move him, even if it's for nothing. And it's sort of a lateral move. I just think they're going to try to accommodate him. Um, But I think they're trying to do these kinds of things to find a spot for Courtney Lee to go. I think he's the priority. I think everyone knows that. Um, So I, I think Courtney's probably the first one to go, but I do think a Cantor deal gets done. Hopefully together. Yeah, hopefully so. All right, Kyle, you want to uh, drop some plugs for us? Yep, just make sure you, um, you're you always checking in the nickswall.com every day uh, for all the best original content. Um, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast and you give us a five-star review, leave a comment. We'd appreciate it. helps us keep doing this for you guys. Um, make sure you're following us on Twitter, Instagram. You like us on Facebook. And uh, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube and Twitch channels, which is just youtube.com slash the Nixwall and twitch.tv uh, slash the Nixwall. And uh, that's pretty much it for me. Alrighty. Um, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to the TKW podcast. Uh, please make sure that, you know, like Kyle said, you're following everybody. You're following Brian, you're following myself, and you're following Kyle. Uh, you can find all of those ads in the show description. And, you know, follow follow the next wall, all that good stuff. I will talk to you two guys later on this week. All right, take it easy. There guys. Thank you.